Hi, and welcome to the Build a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Parsons, and I'm an award-winning brand photographer based in Exeter, Devon. I'm here with a bevy of the best marketing coaches and experts to help service-based female entrepreneurs like you to get more comfortable stepping out of the shadows and becoming the face of your business. Because when you get visible, you're going to get more clients. So let's get started. Today we have Erica Farmer from Quantum Rise with us, who I really wanted to invite on the show because she's recently done a TED Talk. I think doing a TED Talk is something a lot of entrepreneurs aspire to, so I thought it'd be fascinating to find out how she got the opportunity and what's involved. Welcome, Erica. Hi, Rosie. So good to be here and thank you for asking me to come and talk about this on your podcast. Yeah, that's great to have you. So do you want to introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah, great. So Erica Farmer, I'm the co-founder and business director of Quantum Rise Talent Group. So we're a digital learning consultancy and we work with corporate clients and apprenticeship training providers to support uh, them to get their online learning from good to great. So we know that's been a real kind of area for education and learning, particularly since the pandemic. We've been involved in it since 2012. So we've got lots of opportunities to share in regards to engagement, interaction and learning experience. Oh, brilliant. So for those who don't know, what is a TED Talk? Yeah. So a TED Talk effectively is an idea worth sharing. So TED and TEDx, who are, I guess, the kind of owners of TED from a brand perspective, set this up a while ago. And what it does is it provides a platform for people who are experts in their field who want to bring an idea to a population of people. And it could be any idea at all, something that normally they're very passionate about and they want to make a change in the world. Um, So it gives you the platform to be able to bring your idea worth sharing to hopefully a global audience. Brilliant. So why was it that you particularly wanted to kind of get involved with doing one yourself? Yeah. TED and TEDx talks have always been, particularly in the L&D world, quite interesting content. I've watched, I must be hundreds of TEDx talks and TED talks since I was involved in L&D. And it really gives you access to new thinking and experts in their field who are really credible, talking about something that you might not have considered before. And there's a reason why they share what they share, their idea worth sharing. And I felt really passionate about the idea that I shared. It was at TEDx Scunthorpe last year. And being in learning and development and particularly having vast experience in the opportunities and benefits that learning technology can bring to all different environments it was a no-brainer for me to go and share my idea worth sharing when it comes to digital mindset and reforming education. It's just an amazing experience and opportunity to have. It gives you a platform to share your thinking and your ideas. It gives you that quality mark as well in regards to being able to get through the process, which is hard work in itself, let alone preparing and delivering the talk. So I had it on my my goal list last year. So I was really excited when I got the the email through from TEDx saying you've been selected as a speaker. So that was really super exciting, as you can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And what was the talk that you gave about? So really, if you think about education and you think about what we've been through the last three years of the pandemic and homeschooling and learning technology, 
I wanted to get people thinking about the benefits of readying our workforce of the future through using and reforming educational and learning technology through the digital first mindset. So what I mean by that is providing a learning environment where teachers and educators and trainers feel confident and skilled in using technology to facilitate a great learning experience. So in the talk, I tell a story about a girl called Isla, and I compare two different scenarios. One of them is Isla is in a digital school who have that digital first mindset, and she uses virtual reality technology to be able to explore the universe. And her learning is personalised and adaptive to how she's personally getting on. Um, so she, does, she isn't going through that kind of sheep dip, large classroom type approach that we typically see in schools. One teacher, you might have a teaching assistant, if you're lucky, going through the historical curriculum that we all know now, maths, English, science, etc. There's room for all of that, of course there is. But nowadays it's around creative thinking and context and if you look at some stats from the World Economic Forum, they tell us that 65% of kids in school right, right now, so 5 to 11-year-olds, will go into a job that doesn't even exist yet. So how can teaching large-scale sheep-dip curriculum really be readying the workforce of the future? I don't believe it is. I believe we need to really grab hold of the opportunity when it comes to ed tech and learning tech. Um, through the digital first mindset. So that's, so that's my idea worth sharing. Wow, that sounds incredible. <laughs> so can people see that online now? Is there going to be a link that I can share to kind of put that online for everyone? So as you'd expect, there's hundreds of TEDx talks being recorded in events every day around the world. So I, so there's um, there's a bit of a time lag because TED has to quality assure everything before it goes onto the YouTube page. So I'm hoping in January we'll see the link go up onto the uh, TEDx YouTube. So as soon as it's there, yeah, we'll see it all over LinkedIn. Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. And was this the first TEDx talk you've ever done? It was. Um, I do a lot of public speaking at conferences and events, and I've done a lot of facilitation over 20, 25 years corporate L&D um, as my career and my experience. But this was a different level. This was, and and if you've ever seen or or, or listened or, or kind of uh, involved yourself in a TEDx talk before, it goes on that roller coaster journey. It tells you the problem, you know, and it tells you the reasons why it's a problem in terms of the evidence, and then you build up to what your solution or your idea worth sharing is. So it has to follow a certain pathway. So. Um, uh, and of course, you want to make sure that you are confident in how you deliver it and you cover all your key points. And I use some slides. Some people don't use slides. I use um, a few slides to hammer home the points as well. So uh, it was probably the most pressure I put on myself for quite a long time. <laughs> Do you think it, I mean, I'm guessing it really helped the fact that you had experience doing talk public speaking and stuff because it sounds pretty nerve wracking. <laughs> It, and I was nervous. I mean, luckily, I was first up on the day. So I got it done and dusted pretty quickly. And I remember coming off stage and seeing my fellow speakers and everybody had this kind of worried look <laughs> on their face because they were like next up. I, I, I guess that, I mean, it's a skill set, isn't it? Articulating your idea. And that comes down to good scripting and being clear on what your idea is and what you'll keep the skeleton of your your speech is. It's like anything, really practice makes perfect or practice gets you prepared 
So yes, it's helped that I've spoken before and I've facilitated, but that isn't a prerequisite to doing a text talk, a TED talk or TEDx talk. There is lots of speaker coaches out there, people that will promote themselves as TEDx speaker coaches and stuff. And there's some great people out there doing some great stuff. I spoke to people that had already done TEDx to understand what their experience was. I found that more helpful personally. Mm. But what I did do was rework my script, rework, rework, say it, say it, say it, say it, record it on my phone, say it again, listen back, take the dog out, listen to it again. You know, it was hammered into me. So, and I knew the topic already. And you know what, if I missed a section or I, or I didn't get something right, nobody would have known. It's not like you Mm. submit your script and they're judging you word for word, but it's like anything. It's the confidence that you present with and how you articulate and the passion is just as important as the actual message that you're saying. Probably more important, actually, right? So um, so you don't have to be a speaker. You do have to put the hard yards in with the scripting and the practice, I'd say. Right. And you were saying that you spoke to lots of other people who'd done TEDx Talks. Can you remember mm. any of the advice that really stuck out to you from what they said to you? Yeah, be really clear on what that scaffolding is, that, that skeleton is of your script. So, you know, if you do lose it because you go into a bit of emotional hijack because you suddenly realise you're in front of loads of people yeah. doing a TEDx talk, which some people have done. Yeah. You can still kind of pin yourself back onto what your key points are. That's really important. So I so have kind of five or six key points over the 12 to 15 minutes that you know you can anchor back to each time. And just oh, just, uh, just jumping in there. Yeah. When you say you have key points, are you allowed to have those in front of you or or do you have to go no. up there with, oh, you're not? Oh, <laughs> no. If um, That question was asked a couple of times because we would have regular Google Meets with the TEDx licensee team. And yeah. some people, especially getting closer to the event, were like, can I just have some cue cards? Can I? And they were like, we'd really like it if you didn't, but have something on the side that you can reach for if you do lose your chain of thought or you do get right. a bit hijacked. But no, it's it's really meant to be presented without, which is why I find the slides so helpful because again, that's a cheeky way to inc- yeah. anchor yourself back without Sneaky. being obvious like that you need it. <laughs> Some TEDx licensees won't let you have slides, you know. Right. So again, it depends on the licensee and, and the venue and the event and all that kind of stuff. We were lucky at Scunthorpe because we had... Um, a brand new 180 degree immersive screen that the jo- that John Leggett College had invested in. So right. they wanted to make the most of that technology and it did look amazing. It was incredible. Mm. And we had our, you have the red dot that you stand on when you do TEDx and we had the digital red dot. So we didn't have a red carpet. It was all like digital. So it looks really yeah. smart. But yeah, I, I I think going back to, and we use graphical slides anyway. So there was gra- there was a picture of Isla and there was a digital picture. And I do a, um, I referenced um, the, the horse race and the donkey in regards to the horse races, the, the, the new technology and the donkeys, how we've always done things and put them in, in Cheltenham Gold Cup. The donkey's not going to win, you know. Yeah. So I had a picture of a racehorse and a donkey that helped me prompt to think for that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's ways around it. There's tips and tricks. But it's you and your idea worth sharing effectively that is it so yeah and you don't actually live in Scunthorpe do you You, you're quite near me down in Devon yes so why were you up in Scunthorpe doing this yeah 
Yeah. So I guess a couple of reasons. So the windows for speaker applications open at certain points during the year, and that's when speakers are invited to apply. And some, particularly some of the bigger TEDx's, like London, etc., they get thousands of applications, right? Which is great because they've been going, Exeter's got a really, really big one. They've been going for about four years. They get loads of applications. So I have applied for more local ones, but this when it came to Scunthorpe, I, I I don't know about you, but I'd like to do a little bit of um, LinkedIn stalking with people whenever yeah. I want to form a new collaboration or I want to have a conversation with somebody. And I really liked the, the people in the uh, Scunthorpe TEDx team. I liked what they did. I liked the way they spoke. And most TEDx's have a theme. And the theme for Scunthorpe was reimagining. Ah, and I thought, wow. if you think about my area of passion in regards to reimagining education and learning, it yeah. just fitted perfectly. So having a couple of conversations with the team, putting an application in and aligning nicely to the, yeah. the theme that they wanted for the event, it just all seemed to come together. I mean, you're right, it's like a five hour drive um, <laughs> yeah. for us. So we had the weekend up in Scunthorpe. But uh, yeah, and it's nice because they had local speakers and they had speakers from far, further away because they wanted to have that diversity of thought as well. Mm. So did you go up with other people as well then for some moral support and things? My bestie came up with me. Yeah, oh, she, she did nice. makeup and hair and stuff oh, uh, the morning of. <laughs> that's yeah, nice. so that, that made things a bit easier. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I, I did, were you able to see her in the in the audience as well when you were like giving the talk? Yeah, although I don't know if you're the same, but when I talk, I tend to look over the audience a little bit and I tend to lighthousing, they call it, don't they? When you move across and rather than looking at individual people and oh, kind okay. of glaring into people's eyes. So I, I find that. I project better if I talk across an entire audience rather than look at, because she was sat right at the front, which is great because right. she was taking pictures and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's but, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I don't have very much public speaking. When I talk, I just like quiet and quickly get over it, over and done with as fast uh... as possible. <laughs> I don't look at anyone. <laughs> um, so could you, do you run us through the process then? How did you apply for it? What's the process involved? Yeah. So, on the TEDx website, there's a link to all of the different events that are happening around the world. So I spent, and this is where you have to put the hard yards in. I spent quite a lot of time signing up for all the newsletters. So I knew when they were inviting speaker applications, looking at the areas that I was interested, you know, the themes I was interested in and the themes where I thought, actually, that might be a bit of an ask too much in terms of what I want to talk about. And then the application process, it's it's slightly different depending on the licensee. They can run it how they want to, but typically it's a written application, maybe on a Google form or something like that. You know, you really have to talk about why your idea should be one of the ones selected, any links to recorded stuff that you've done before, um, so facilitated events online, um, a recording, like a, like a minute pitch of your idea so they can see how you come across and how you speak. Some of them do a face-to-face -face, uh, inter interview process as well. It's not really an interview, but you know what I mean, assessment type process. I didn't have to do face-to-face. -face. So, so there's quite a lot of pieces of work that you need to do beforehand mm. prior to being selected um, as, as a speaker. And some of the bigger ones, like I said, you're up against a lot of professional 
speakers that really want to get their names out there so I was quite happy with Scunthorpe because they they were quite new to it it was the same people that do TEDx Doncaster that do TEDx Scunthorpe so they had experience doing a couple of years of events and they wanted to set one up in Scunthorpe um, and they got a good response so I was pleased Mm -hmm. that I was selected but it wasn't a behemoth of a massive TEDx stage with thousands of people yeah the licensees can have up to 100 people for the first couple of events and things like that. So it kept it more intimate, um, nice, which was yeah. nice. So, yeah. And then when you got accepted, what was the process from that point? Yeah. So you have to then really do the thinking in regards to, because you've given them a pitch and an idea, but you haven't submitted your whole script. I mean, it's 12 to 15 minutes, depending on the licensee. So that's where you go into properly writing your script, word for word writing your script and practicing it and editing it and practicing it, et cetera. So we got some Saturday morning support sessions on Google Meet, which were good. So when all the speakers would come on and and the licensee team would be there and they would give you hints and tips and you have so many weeks to the event, make sure you're doing this now, make sure you're doing this now couple up and uh, like say your your speech to each other and give each other feedback so there was a good support network there to answer any questions and because most of us hadn't done a TEDx before so we've got some logistical stuff that we needed to go through so that was good because that kind of gives you that confidence that you're in it as a team rather than you're all individuals Uh, and then um, so that was probably about six months before the event so you've got plenty of time to practice and Mm you fall out of love with it you know you fall back in love with it and then the 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 kind of the excitement dies and you have to do the hard work of, of literally gelling it into your head so you can do it off the cuff I hated it at one point it became really hard work how on earth would you remember that much how, how speaking it was that, about that five much? and a half pages of a4 you know yeah. printed out so uh, even just submit it subliminally I would just put my speech on the table so every time I walked past it I would glance at it and look at a piece you know, so just just make it part of your everyday rather than this big, right. oh, my God, I need to sit and try and remember this. Because if you if you do that and I did that at the beginning, it was never going to work. Mm. So I got some um, help from a friend who used to be an actor and she was like, just listen to it constantly because that's how you remember song lyrics. You remember song lyrics from 20 years ago because you yeah. just listened to it so much. So constantly in the bath, listen to it. Before you go to bed, listen to it. Take the dog out, listen to it. So I, was, I had it on my phone as an audio file. So that really helped um, mm. as well. But even the night before, when I was practicing it in the hotel room with my best friend, I fluffed it. And I was like, oh, no. oh my God. <laughs> oh, no. but, it, <laughs> but it was almost like I probably practiced too much and I just needed to get on stage and just do it. You know, yeah. so you can overthink this stuff if you're not careful as well. Yeah. Have you got any tips for like, you mentioned about like when you suddenly get become very self-aware and then kind of forget what you're saying. If I ever have to do anything in front of people, I always see that. Did you have that happen or how do you get through that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think there's, I remember the first couple of times I did some speaking in front of a group and I absolutely had that. And I remember shaking, you know, the paper was shaking at one point, you know, this is when I was back in recruitment back in the day. And I had a revelation where I was just like, just breathe and just go through it because all those people sat in front of you, they have no idea if you're saying the right thing or you're not saying the right (laughs) thing. It's only you when you get into this self-critic type questioning your, you know, that internal voice that we've all got. You've got to work hard to almost put that voice down 
and just get on with it and just be okay and they're there to listen to you effectively so it's not your audience that's critiquing you or saying oh that was rubbish or you know judging you yeah they are but they're they're more interested in what you're actually saying rather than that ego talking to yourself saying oh you just fluffed that bit or that bit didn't work or you know, do you know what I mean it's like yeah. get out of your own head that's probably the best advice I could give you which is easier said than done and comes with practice yeah absolutely so um how would you say that it's benefited you since giving the talk what what have you kind of got from it yeah I feel massively motivated because I've achieved a TEDx talk which was one of my big goals I love the fact that I can say that and um, people are really interested. So I've done a couple of podcasts on this now, which is brilliant. It does give you that quality stamp and it's exciting to talk about it. And I feel like it's it gives you that kind of expertise recognition as well. The fact that you've been selected for your thinking around that to go and share yeah. that with other people. So it's definitely that quality mark and people are definitely interested I get lots of questions. I was going to say, expect once it's actually come out, you can share it. I'm sure that'll be a whole nother yes, level. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, most of them go onto the YouTube site, unless you say something controversial or you're a bit salesy or something. Yeah. So there's no reason why it shouldn't go online. But yes, I mean, hopefully as soon as it's ready to go, um, there'll be lots of interest. And, and you know, I, I'd love to go and do some more sp- public speaking um you know with organizations I, I do a lot of conferences and stuff anyway but I'd love to do even more so it's it's kind of another reason why I should go and speak at organizations and companies and and, and share those kind of ideas really yeah it makes sense that you know anybody like like government thinking about the national curriculum and stuff that if they see that then they can say oh she she understands like she would be an expert you think so to get, yeah <laughs> absolutely I can see that happening for sure let's hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> So what would you say like your biggest lessons learned from this experience um, would be like for you going into doing another TED Talk in the future? Yeah, I don't think I would put so much pressure on myself like I did last year with TEDx Gunthorpe. And that was part of a learning journey because it was TEDx and I wanted it to be great and I wanted to deliver a great delivery, as you do. But the fact it was TEDx probably made it even more like, oh, my God, you know, like more Mm. pressure. And I'm a nightmare for wanting to get things perfect and putting far too much pressure on myself. So now I've got that lived experience. I think I'd probably be more confident in myself to be able to do the next one. I sh- and I've been invited to Doncaster to do that one this year in October. Oh, so great. I'm just kind of revisiting what that idea is going to be worth sharing. Because it needs to, you can't do the same idea with different licensees. Right. It needs to be slightly different. So I think I'm going to do something around achieving your goals and happiness and, you know, yeah. mindset and stuff like that for that one. So I've got, I've learned what not to do when writing a TEDx like I said trying to remember it all straight away word for word I put far too much time and effort up front into that it was never going to happen so finding ways that work for me to be able to be comfortable with the content I know that now yeah I think I I think that's probably the biggest learn really is just kind of go with the flow a bit more rather than putting yourself under far too much pressure (laughs) yeah so have you got what are your future goals now what your kind of now you've achieved that tick that off like what what are your plans for this year coming 
Well, I, I actually filmed a LinkedIn learning course just before Christmas. Um, so that will be launching in March, which is really exciting about learning agility. So I want to do more with LinkedIn and LinkedIn learning. Mm. That's super exciting. I, want, yeah, I definitely want to do more with those guys this year. I lost a lot of weight last year, as you know. So that was kind of my third of my big goals. So yeah. still to look after myself. And it's interesting, Rosie, because those goals last year didn't come to me until March, April time. Oh, it wasn't right. like this is going to be my New Year's resolutions and this is what I have to achieve. And they came to me more organically than that. Yeah. So I'm kind of just letting the universe do its thing at the moment and just kind of letting stuff bounce around in my head knowing that it will land when the time is right rather than trying to force what my goals have to be in 2023 so yeah, I mean hey I'm seeing in your future the front cover of the times educational supplement <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah yeah uh, you know exactly I would love to do more in that influencer thought leadership education and learning technology space absolutely that's and and that links to what we do at quantum rise and it's what we do as a business and and what we're all about really so it's all very congruent and what we genuinely truly believe in um which i think is part of the reason why people are interested in it yeah fantastic and then my final question would be um have, have you got any tips for other people sitting at home thinking wow that sounds fantastic i would love to do that what like what's the next steps that they should do Number one, if you genuinely believe in something and you've got an idea worth sharing, go and do it. Don't have that imposter syndrome when you're like, oh, I don't do this. I don't publicly speak. I don't do that. But if you're genuinely passionate about something, it could be anything, anything at all. And you want to share that idea. TEDx is the perfect platform. You have to put the hard work in, as I've talked about. You have to put the hard yards in. And if you, it, I got knocked back for a number of applications before I landed TEDx Scunthorpe. So it's not about just applying for one and then being really disheartened if you don't get a, a speaking mm. slot. Practice as much as you can. Get out and do local networking events. Ask for speaking opportunities at local events. Get your kind of miles under your belt, as it were, mm. because... That experiential learning of doing, that's when we learn best, when we've applied and we reflect and we do something slightly different next time. Mm. So don't be afraid to go and do stuff like that to get your, your miles under your belt. And don't be afraid of feedback. Don't be afraid of having a go. Don't let that internal voice knock you down. Because if you listen to that, you won't ever do anything Whereas you've got to have that level of confidence. And it's easy for me to say because confidence is my superpower. It always has been. Mm -hmm. But if you're not as naturally confident, you know, be aware of that and work on that and work with people and get feedback from other people. Just do it as much as you can. Yeah. You know, work on it as much as you can, because that's going to serve you well when you do land your TEDx and you're up in front of that group of people talking about your idea worth sharing. Yeah, I think that's that's brilliant, isn't it? That's such a good tip to kind of actually reach out to networking groups and ask if you can speak and just start practicing and see absolutely. how it feels. Yeah, that's yes, great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been really interesting and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for you next. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Do check out the show notes for all the links and info that you're going to need from the show. 
Thanks so much for listening and do check out our previous episodes for more ways to help you elevate your personal brand and lots more exciting prizes too. See you again next time.